Imperious greys and chestnuts, with flowing tails and manes. But it was their riders that roused the crowd. The four men, riding abreast, were all dressed in visored helmets, chainmail vests, flanged plate leggings over black jerkins and quilted hose, and scabbarded broadswords hung from their waists. Most striking of all, they wore long white mantles over their armor, each bearing a blood-red cross. The horses reached the curb outside the museum, and then they did something curious. Without missing a step, the riders gently coaxed their mounts up and onto the sidewalk, and side by side, they ceremoniously climbed up the cascading steps, heading unerringly for the museum's entrance. Mom, I've really got to go, Kim pleaded. Tess Chaikin looked at her daughter with an annoyed frown on her face. Kim, honestly. The Grand Hall was teeming with people. Navigating through them to escort her nine-year-old daughter to the ladies wasn't a prospect she relished right now. Eileen, Tess's mother, stepped in. I'll take her. You go on ahead. Tess watched them disappear into the melee before turning and heading in. The huge foyer of the museum, the Great Hall, was already crowded with gray-haired men and vertiginously glamorous women. Black ties and evening gowns were de rigueur, and as she looked around, Tess fretted that she stood out as much for her understated elegance as for her discomfort at being perceived as part of the in-crowd all around her, a crowd she firmly had no interest in. What Tess didn't realize was that what people noticed about her had nothing to do with her being understated in the precise seamed black dress that floated a few inches above her knees. People just noticed her, period. They always had. The seductive mass of curls framing the warm green eyes that radiated intelligence usually triggered it. The healthy 36-year-old frame that moved in relaxed, fluid strides confirmed it and the fact that she was totally oblivious to her charms sealed it. It was too bad she'd always fallen for the wrong guys. She'd even ended up marrying the last of that contemptible bunch, a mistake she had recently undone. She advanced into the main room, the buzz of conversation echoing off the walls around her in a dull roar that made individual words impossible to determine. Almost all of the exhibits were displayed in glass cabinets, and it was clear from even a cursory glance that many of those exhibits were enormously valuable. Even for someone with Tess's lack of religious conviction, they were impressive. And as she glided past the grand staircase and into the exhibition hall, her heart raced ahead with the rising swell of anticipation. There were ornate alabaster altarpieces from Burgundy, with vivid scenes from the life of St. Martin, crucifixes by the score, most of them solid gold and heavily encrusted with precious stones. There were elaborate marble statuettes and carved wooden reliquaries. Even emptied of their original contents, these chests were superb examples of the meticulous work of medieval craftsmen. As Tess took in the various displays, she couldn't help but feel recurring pangs of disappointment. The objects before her were of a quality she would have never dared hope for during her years out in the field. True, they had been good, challenging years. 
They had given her a chance to travel the world and immerse herself in diverse and fascinating cultures. Some of the curiosities she had unearthed were on display in a few museums scattered around the globe, but nothing she'd found was noteworthy enough to grace, say, the Sackler wing of Egyptian art or the Rockefeller wing of primitive art. Maybe. Maybe if I'd stuck with it a little bit longer. She shook the thought away. She knew that that life was over. She would have to make do with enjoying these marvelous glimpses into the past from the passive viewpoint of a grateful observer. And a marvelous glimpse it was. Almost none of the items sent over from Rome had ever been previously exhibited. Not that it was all gleaming gold and glittering jewels. In a cabinet facing her now was a mechanical device of some sort, about the size of an old typewriter, box-like and made of copper. It had numerous buttons on its top face.